0: Hello, this is your local Malignant gnom, and I'm going to be talking loudly and cynically about whatever I want, really. <laughs> and today I want to talk about why I don't like Harry Potter, but like, aside from J.K. Rowling's transphobia and all her other faults, let's talk purely about the book. So, uh, I would like to mention that I only read two books from um, Harry Potter franchise, which is the first one and the second one. And also the book about uh, Newt Scamander, so that would be about that. And I also watched all the movies, obviously. Oh, and I also read The Cursed Child, but many people don't think that's a part of the franchise. So I guess we don't care about that. Even though I think Cursed Child is good, I mean... It's better than other books, in maybe in this sense, and it uh, I think I think that it talks about a lot of different issues that is interesting to explore, and I do not agree with people who think that this is not the kind of father Harry would be, but that's a different topic for a different day probably. So as we all know, there was a, there is a, quite a big situation about J.K. Rowling's transphobia and everything, and how she's just a fucking turf basically. But really, there's a lot of more in her books even, and I would go as far as to say that when a lot of people put her on a pedestal of one of the best writers, they are, they are being led only and purely by nostalgia because there is nothing more to those books than that, really. And I would even um, hypothesize that Harry Potter was, has always been mediocre at its best. So, maybe let's go into details. So, let's first talk about the characters. First would be Snape, that I would like to talk about, and like, what the actual fuck? Who thought that it was a good idea to give him a redemption arc when he was a racist, an incel? a basically like what the fuck if we are really going with the narration even though it doesn't really make sense even within rowling's understanding but let's go with that if death eaters are the equivalent of nazis why then the ma- the, the Mago borns would be jews right do you would you really support a romance between a jew who is probably <clears throat> a victim of holocaust or just simply crimes of Nazis, and a nazi soldier who strongly believes in that shit. Would you? I fucking wouldn't. And also all his behavior that is fucking predatory towards Lily. I might, might have not read the rest of the books but I am still quite there in the Harry Potter fandom I would say. And I read a lot of those headcanons and ideas of characters and what they actually did and people people's essays on the internet about why Snape sucks and also why he doesn't and why would you say that <laughs> You are fuck you have to be fuck- fucking incels too that's all I'm going to say <laughs> If you if you think that Snape is cool I mean he might be an interesting character at certain degree and usually just with added headcanons because again he's not really anything in the books. He's just a bitch and that's it. And also the whole fragment of him protecting Harry and everything. He is a bully. He was a bully at school. And whoever says that he is excused because he was bullied by James, he was not bullied by James and the other Marauders. They were just protecting those kids, those Muggleborns that Snape and the rest of Slytherins were bullying. And I would say that, like, what the hell? Bully the bully, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but it it just would be like this. So, if, and by the way, James also grew out of it and Snape didn't. He was over 20 year old inso who was bullying 11 year old children to a point when Neville, Snape was his freaking boggart. And the best part, but that was uh, claimed also by Rowling. If the boggart of a student is their f- is their parent, they don't go back home from Hogwarts, because that suggests abuse and everything. Then what the hell suggests the fact that Neville's boggart was Snape? Imagine to traumatize a kid so badly. Besides, the funniest part is, not, is, is that with a whole child and everything and protecting Harry, First of all, he didn't really, and I don't give a fuck about whatever the hell you say, but anyway. He still wouldn't care about Harry if he wasn't the child of Lily. If Harry would have died, which Snape wanted by the way, he literally asked Voldemort to save Lily and not her husband and her son. And he thought that it was great and she would fall in his arms. And also... He thought that he deserved her love and any kind of her affection only and purely because he was into her. This is anti-feminism at its best if you think that it's okay. Like, he was not friend-zoned. He was (laughs) you-are-against-my-existence-zone. And that's it. Lily had every right to cut him out out of her life. And it makes all the sense that being said him getting the redemption arc is bullshit and draco should get a redemption arc and let me get into why the reason is snape was an adult (laughs) snape was an adult who chose to be on the bad side And he wouldn't have been on the good side if it wasn't because Lily died, by the way. This is the only reason he was on the good side. He didn't thought that the ideas of Death Eaters were bad. He just was into Lily still. He was thinking with his dick and that's about it. And that's why his redemption arc should be given to Draco. Because Draco is a perfect example of a child who was just raised by really emotionally and probably physically as well abusive parents. Let's be honest here, and he would be a great example of someone who actually grew in this kind of toxic environment, taught this horrible derogatory mindset, but realized the wrong of their parents' ways and grew out of it, put a lot of work into becoming better. And this is the glimpse of what we see in Cursed Child, actually, but you d- all don't want to talk about it because you don't like the, w- the way it's written. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway. He should have uh, be given the redemption arc and it would just make sense in this context. I'm not saying that Draco is right now a well-written character because let's be honest, aside from Harry, Hermione and Ron, we only have sketches of of characters because Rowling doesn't know how to write people in general. And they are only so two-dimensional. They're so two-dimensional that it hurts. And this is the only reason why the house system works, because they are flat as hell. They are—they are ju- The other characters are just so deep that they are convex, and it's stupid, honestly. Anyway, Draco should be given the redemption arc for that reason, because he would be a great example of that. And if there was at least a little bit more care put into his character, that would be great. But again, a little bit more character and maybe someone who can actually write, that would be good. But also, the thing that should be considered is actually putting Harry in a house that he belongs in, which would be Slytherin. Because that would also be very, very different. Because I think that this would give, give Draco the possibility of actually changing, of going through that redemption arc. Because maybe they wouldn't be friends right away. Maybe Harry would still be friends with Ron and Hermione. I think that would be good. But because of their close proximity to one another, maybe Harry would more inspire Draco to actually do better. Maybe, because they would live in a serum dorm and everything, they would actually get to know one another better. And thanks to that, Draco would realize, again, the wrongs of his parents' ways, and he would change just like Sirius did. Just like he did. But you don't want to talk about it, you are not ready for that conversation yet, I guess. <clears throat> and that would be great. And for all of you Draco ship- Draco, uh, Draco x Harry uh, shippers, that would also could work, you know, I'm not saying. In general, I would love a situation in which Drac- Draco would be gay and Harry actually would be trans and also into, into Draco because I read that headcanon somewhere and it's lovely, I love that idea. But again, this is a version that Rowling definitely is not ready for. Because also we will get into the way there is a lot of... hmm How to call that? You know, the fucking closet metaphor that she doesn't realize she wrote. You know. But we will get into it later as well. Because the gay topic is also very strong here. With Remus Lupin, for example. Like, first of all, why is his name Wolf Wolf? This is... How did how nobody realized he was a fucking werewolf. Also, he wasn't born a werewolf, but yet his name literally means wolf-wolf. Besides, how those kids didn't realize? Because his his lupin in Latin means wolf, if I'm not mistaken, it is Latin. So I guess only Hermione has brain cells and knows Latin, even though all spells are in Latin? First, I mean not all, because Rowling is not also not consistent with her word building, but that's also a different conversation that I will get later into. But anyway, the thing is that Remo's slipping character, we all characterize him as into men overall. I would prefer him to be bisexual because because I still like him to be with Nymphadora and everything and I, all, and I want to have a cake and eat it too, you know, but you can uh, characterise him as gay. The thing is that he stinks of homophobia anyway, because Rowling said herself that delicantropy is a metaphor for AIDS. But yet we have a whole thing, first of all, we have the werewolf that changed Remus Lupin, that is a werewolf, a male werewolf, werewolf that only preys on little boys. Like, isn't that the the whole pedophilia talk, you know, about claims of homosexual men and everything? That's first of all. Really, And then you have the part when he changes into a werewolf and he is untamed and dangerous and horrible and he preys on kids as well then. Like in that scene when he basically almost kills Ron, uh, Hermione and Harry. So he is also dangerous because of the inherent gayness of his character. Didn't you realize that by the way? That's lovely, that's amazing. (laughs) So, this is really a problem here as well. Because this is also a homophobic narrative. Showcasing really gay men as something wrong because Rowling stated that this is a metaphor for exactly that. It's stupid. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) Just that. And now, the last character, which is Harry Potter. Why the fuck is he so fucking bland? In a sense, you know, the thing is, what a lot of people claim that he's not he has a lot of layers to him the thing is you are giving him the layers in your head canons that you think of as canon because he is blunt in J K Rowling's writing because she didn't give him anything and you are over interpreting everything and giving him more depth to his character when he's not written to be deep at all you know he is basically a- as deep as a basin for kiddos, you know? It's n- nothing deep here. That That's the issue. And the thing is that be- that's because he's not given actually a chance to. He shows mm, signs of trauma, for example, but it's never talked about. It's never... It's never developed in any way, shape, or form. And the thing is that he's been heavily, mentally, and physically, probably too, abused. And we don't talk about it, at least books don't talk about it, and you try, and you're giving it headcanons that aren't in actual scripture. That is the problem. And that problem touches also Ron and Hermione as well, because they have their issues too. but. Harry is a protagonist. He should be the main point of all those books, at least in my opinion. He should be the thing that keeps you there. And he's not really, because there's nothing actually interesting about him. He's one of the blandest of the chosen ones. That is an issue. There is nothing specific about him, there is nothing cool about him and everything that is given to him actually comes from some other character, like his eyes from his mother that is constantly fucking talked about. Or even the ability to speak to snakes, it's from Voldemort as well. And really, Voldemort is the one who makes him in any way special whatsoever. Because he himself is not really. Even in character, I'm not saying that he should be some extraordinary type of guy, because I believe that he was supposed to be to certain extent some kind of everyday man, so every kid could feel that they could be a hero someday that could save the world and everything. But the thing is that you have to know how to write an everyday man, otherwise you end up with someone uh, like Bella Swan from Twilight. And I'm not meaning to say that Harry Potter is like her, because, you know, he has some personality. I will give him to it. He's kind of sassy in the books, but I don't think that it's enough. Because snark remarks are just not enough to make a character a person. That, that's the issue. And the thing is, what Rowling very often forgets to, I guess, misses to realize is the fact that all this kind of representation um, being a person of color, being different sexuality, different gender, being different ethnicity, being whatever, this has the ability to give a character depth because you can explore the themes of that specific representation. And the thing is that she kind of tries to touch on it but it doesn't actually happen. That, that's the issue because she doesn't write those characters to actually and explicitly be those minorities she just gives you hints that sometimes she doesn't realize she's giving like the fucking closet and she doesn't use it to the, its full extent and it's just sad because a possibility of making hairy trans uh, which of um, personally it's my favorite option or gay or even there was uh, I read somewhere a come when he is a mixed kid I think where James was black which also gives him amazing uh, possibilities of themes to be explored and it's not it's just simply not which I'm not saying that in order to be an interesting character it has to be a minority this this is also not what I'm saying because Obviously, you can write a story with, you know, your basic straight cis white male, probably, that will also be interesting. An example would probably be Game of Thrones, because... Obviously, not all characters, but you have some blunt cis white males that are straight, unfortunately. You know, you have them, but the story is still interesting. But the thing is that there still needs to be exploration of themes that doesn't happen here. Because Rowling just doesn't do it. Because even in a world when Harry is this, let's be honest, the most priv- privileged, actually, he, he belongs to the most privileged group in society and it could be a story about him navigating his privilege in this world you know realizing the issues with death eaters if they are supposed to be a metaphor for nazis or racist or whoever the fuck rolling said they were supposed to be but it doesn't do it because harry is still painted to be the greatest victim of voldemort and it doesn't make sense because then neither the themes of uh Oppression of minorities are explored or any kind of around those and also the uh, themes of understanding privilege also are not explored and that's just sad because the potential is there, it's just the writer is not good, you know, Now, now we talked about few characters that piss me off, obviously there are way way more um, because Ron is still interesting. Stop saying that Ron and Hermione are not a good ship. They are. They are. And they would survive longer than Harry and Ginny, by the way, because the only thing that they had in common was f- was the fact that Ginny was Harry's gateway into actually becoming a Weasley. But that's a different topic that you are not also not ready for. But, it, but you are still less messed up than people that ship the Draco that we have right now with Hermione. What the hell. Why are you doing this? Let, but let's go to harmful stereotypes because I'm not done yet. You know, we talked about already about Remus Lupin and how he reeks of homophobia, you know, in the way he's written. But let's talk about everybody else. Like, for example, house, house elves, you know, that we're supposed to be, you know, they are slaves, uh, obviously, to wizards that are supposed to be racist, Nazis, basically, and everything else but um it was this way we can interpret it interpret it as you know a metaphor of black people that were enslaved house elves repeatedly say to her that they like being enslaved and they enjoy the service um doesn't it sound you know racist <laughs> i don't know i am a plain white white ass bitch you know but still kind of sounds like this you know just that and also the way they are depicted as kind of ugly and dirty and kind of dumb don't you think that's also not, not really cool by the way and they need then a uh, white eye in the form of hermione to have help which she is white written in books we love black hermione she should have been it would be great, but she is not written that way in books because Rowling doesn't give representation to anyone. So let's go with that narrative, since this is the original. Now let's talk about goblins that, you know, uh, they have hooked noses and everything. They are greedy. They only take care of money. They are closed in their own groups. And also in the movies, I think there was were some symbols of Judaism in the Gring- Gringotts Bank. So... Um, They are also showcased as, you know, traitors, kind of, you know, and working with nazis, which doesn't make sense because then deaf Eaters, if they are supposed to be nazis, they would have to be against goblins as well, but they clearly work with them. So then uh, the whole metaphor of Deaf Eaters being Nazis falls because goblins are clearly meant to be Jews, and this is the anti-Semitic trope, but yeah, bad writing. Again, just bad writing, and there are people that talk about it way better because they, again, know a lot more about those, uh, the, all of those tropes. But it's still worth mentioning, m- mentioning because this is anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism as, as at at its best, I think. Now we have Cho Chang. What the fuck? <laughs> First of all, those are two surnames to my knowledge, and that's that's just that's just dumb and also she is the only asian character that i am aware of at least you know the part of asia that is usually represented because we all forget that you know south of asia exists i guess but again we have her and she's in a smart house perpetuating the model minority trope for asians racist again (laughs) I mean, this trope isn't enough itself racist, but if it's the only character uh, of this race that you have, it gets those undertones, I think. But again, the, this this whole fight that she her name is Cho Chang is just no, <laughs> it's no. And then we have that Irish kid that I his name I do not remember, but he keeps blowing shit up. And he also tries to, dr- to drink alcohol on his first day as a 12-year-old. This is, I think, the most harmful Irish stereotype I have ever heard or read being depicted in a book. It's just ridiculous. And you know, obviously, in this case, when you look at this record of J.K. Rowling, honestly, maybe we should be glad that there is no, like, Muslim character. You know because then then the stereotypes would be even worse I think it would be bad anyway but that's that's what we have here now we have let's go to Dumbledore and the fact that he's gay but he's not because he's not written that way in a book and Rowling just said it off off book on Twitter because it was not part of Harry's story <laughs> You know, a lot of things were not a part of Harry's story, but you included them in anyway. You know, like backstory of Snape, for example. It was also not a part of Harry's story. Or, what else? Well, the sexuality of uh, uh, Remus Lupin, but this is harmful gay representation, to, so you put it in, obviously, because this is what you agree with. So yeah, that's just, that's just fucking sad. And also, let's go back a little bit to the movies, now that we have Fantastic Beasts and everything. You know, Dumbledore and Grindelwald are supposed to be gay for one another in those movies and we still are like, we were really close friends. Uh, Let's know. Let's just know. Besides the fact that there is so much plot holes in those movies that it hurts, but that's a different topic for a different day. Newt Scamander is still a better protagonist in general than Harry because he has personality. And also I would say that, and many other people would say that he is on autistic spectrum, which is good, and that actually kind of explores its themes, but you also are not ready for the conversation. So I would like to also talk about Tom Riddle's mom because she basically raped his father to actually make Riddle happen, you know, because she gave him love potion to my knowledge or something like that. So she basically raped the guy and it's never crucified in a book. It's never targeted as bad. And that's, that's the thing. When you are writing about things that are... Well, problematic things that are bad, you should write them as bad things. That, that's the thing. And if they are written from, from for example, from a perspective of a character that would consider them okay, make it clear from other characters' perspective that it's bad, but nobody comments on how fucked up it is. But maybe it's because Rowling thinks, um, probably thinks that women cannot rape men. That I would bet my money on that, honestly. But that's just fucked up. The fact that it's not mentioned in any way is bad. And the fact that people have to write about it on the internet how fucked up it is and that it shouldn't be deemed as okay in the books. And that probably Tom Riddle was bad because of the side effects of the love potion and how he was not actually a child of love or whatever. I read that theory somewhere. Which is actually interesting, but again, it's not written by Rowling. In any way, shape, or form, it's your headcanon. And now the last one, which not harmful stereotype, but Death Eaters. What the fuck? <laughs> Just are they supposed to be racist? Are they supposed to be Nazis? Are they supposed to be what? Because they are—they are they are hint, they are hints. And Rowling says that there's this is supposed to be a metaphor for racism or Nazis or whatever. And the thing is, it's not because mudblats are not written to be any of those vi- of the victims of those groups especially since most madbats mad, mad are white usually and they are not Jews they are not in, in any way coded as Jews when goblins are and they work with death eaters to a certain degree and that perpetuates the idea of just a bad Jew which harmful stereotype at at its peak so who they are, who Deaf Eaters are, because at that point, there could be classists, you know. But the thing is that Weasleys are not Deaf Eaters, and they are also purebloods. So that destroys that idea too. So they are just kind of discriminatory bitches, and that would be it. There's no metaphor there, because it was not written correctly. And that's it. And you know, I'm not saying here that... Uh, that there are rules to writing books, you know? I'm not saying that because you can do whatever you want, really, because it's also a form of art. But art also has a theory and it's good to know it to do it well. And it's very clear that Rowling doesn't know the theory, you know? And I will get to why also later. But now let's talk about the word building and how the magic system pisses me off. In a sense that what is the source of magic? What is the cost of magic? And I realized that Harry Potter is not a hard uh, magic system because there are two, hard and soft one. Harry Potter is very much a soft magic system in the sense that there are not a lot of rules put into place. It's more like, you know, up in the air. But the thing is that even soft magic systems have certain rules that need to be obeyed in the world because magic needs to have rules in order for the plot to still have a stake, you know? for there to be suspense because otherwise magic becomes this uh, Deus ex machina because it just oh problem fixed. We don't have to worry about that. And unfortunately, this is what magic and Harry Potter very often do because whenever we have a problem, we use a new kind of magic that was before unknown to us, like the time-turner, uh, the, those magic regalias, you know, the black one and everything. And it comes into play where it's needed, but then, after it's needed, it's no longer remembered, the time-turner, probably. Because you could ha- it could have been used later in the plot, but it wasn't, because, because books wouldn't exist, because it wasn't convenient for rolling. It's just that. So, the magic has no stakes, because there's no price being paid for using magic. There's no getting tired or, I don't know, being more sleepy or whatever. There's nothing like that, which just makes the stakes wear lower. It makes magic, like I said, deus ex machina. The whole... all books lack suspense. Because because you always can use magic to get, get yourself out of it, and there isn't even really a set of um, spells that you can use. You can always create ones, which is just the inconsistency of rolling creating spells only in Latin because there were also some that were in English, if I remember correctly, which is fucking stupid. And the thing is that there are other books that do similar things but they do it better, like a fucking Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. This book can be problematic to a certain degree by itself and Rainbow Rowell is also because fucking Eleonora and Park, oh my god. But at least there are actual stakes to the magic in this book you actually need certain words from songs and everything. You know, the regular people, the mortals, needs to use those words in order for those spells to be powerful. There is a price to magic, there is a source of magic, there is everything set up. That's why the book has suspense. And there's also way more interesting conflict uh, when it comes to the protagonist. That's why our main bitch here is not boring like Harry is. Because Harry is without your head cannons. let's be honest. So yeah, that's that's just the problem, the magic system here, but also everything else to a certain degree, but I I will leave it up in the air because we all know what is problematic and what's not, especially when it comes to then fantastic creatures and when to find them and how it all fucks up the universe, but whatever, let's leave it up in the air. And now... (laughs) You know, the lack of realizing the fucking closet metaphor, this pisses me off, I think, the most. Because you have so many tropes and metaphors that are supposed to go straight to people that are kind of the underdog, you know? Like, people that are queer, people that are the the race minority, people that are maybe disabled, people that are um, neurodivergent, people that are different than... The basic than your everyday men that you would write. And that is the issue. This book tries to go with those tropes, and Rowling doesn't realize that she's writing those tropes because she's so against all minorities. Because she doesn't do her research on minorities. But then she uses tropes that will bring those minorities to that book. Because Harry Potter still taking away the the way it's written, uh, its flaws, and the outer herself, taking it all away. This story could be a true anthem of those underdogs of society, but it's not because it was not used to its full potential because Rowling doesn't know how, don't want to, and didn't do enough research, and she doesn't realize that some of those things are for those minorities. The whole spending this whole time in the closet and then finding out of nowhere that you are a wizard. If this is not the gayest metaphor I have ever read, I don't know what it is. Harry should have been LGBTQ+, I don't know what else to tell you. And Draco should have been as well, but again, you are not ready for the conversation. <laughs> you are just not. And now the last part, because I will go away from the fucking closet metaphor, because because just know. I, by the way, one more thing that I remembered right now about the actual and written in uh, homosexual representation. The thing is, the only mention of gays is in, I believe, the fifth book, when cousin of Harry, Dudley, makes fun of him for being sad after Cedric's death. This is the only in-canon mention of gays, when he's like, oh, you crying after your boyfriend. This is the only thing that Rowling did as in representation for gays. And that was making homophobic remarks. Homophobia its fi- at its finest, guys. It's just that. And now the last part that excruciates me personally, but maybe you don't care about that. The writing and pacing, which is fucking whack. Because the writing itself, I read those books in about three translations, because I'm, I'm not a native English speaker. And the thing is, and I even listened to a little bit of um, audiobook in English. And the thing is that writing in all those four versions that I tried is bad. It's repetitive, it's boring, it's not diverse enough when it comes to words, even though Rowling tries to find every single fucking word for the word said. And yet she doesn't know how to write everything else to actually be interesting, engaging. And also she doesn't know what pacing is, apparently. In a paragraph, like in a chapter and in a whole story. Because at least for now as I read it, all her books are like big-bam at the very beginning, nothing for two-thirds of the book, and at the very end everything goes through so quickly and last like four chapters, maybe. This is not a good pacing. Because you cannot go through those two thirds because there's absolutely nothing happening. And the thing is that it could still be like this. Big bum at the very beginning and big bum at the very end. Or like in when one third or less is left. But the thing is that there should be smaller, bigger events in this middle. And there is none. And this makes the boot boring difficult to read and just annoying especially when there are also a little adventures of Harry that are not that important to his main plot as Dumbledore's sexuality but she doesn't care and she adds them on so she couldn't add also Dumbledore's sexuality in this cram right she couldn't anyway that is just an issue and then you have pacing within the chapter within the paragraph which is also bad because it's so monotonous it's just oh my god it's so repetitive it's so stoic there is no dynamism to her writing and it makes the reading it very difficult and it's not a surprise really that little kids read this because it's good for a bedtime story it will bring you to sleep just as it is because it it lacks any kind of dynamism to it whatsoever that is just an issue here this is so bad and now uh, to conclusion mediocre at best this is what harry potter is mediocre at best unfortunately and it has always been this way usually people who think that this is the best book of uh, of eternity i'm not saying that you are you are in a wrong because how we view books is subjective and you can think that this is the best book you have ever read the best books you have ever read just as i can think something else is uh, and we just usually then we accept the flaws of that book of those books but the thing is that's too much right now at least as i see people reading it as me right now like uh, Read with Cindy, she was doing a uh, first time reading of that of Harry Potter. She also found that those books were boring and most people who try them right now do not... Maybe don't... I wouldn't say they do not enjoy them, but they don't think it's that good. It's just okay. And the reason for that, I think, is that during the time that it came out, which was the 90s, I, I believe, And usually people that right now are older are still saying that those books are amazing. And it's because of nostalgia. When Harry Potter came out, there was a niche for this kind of story. This dark academia chosen one story uh, with magic and everything. It just wasn't there. There weren't books like this. And Rowling had a good idea to fill in the niche that was simply missing. And she wrote what she could, which wasn't good and she published it. And people were more into the idea itself, the idea of the war, than the actual story. And the thing is, the characters also were blend enough that that the public could shape them however they wanted, really. That was the appeal of the book. And that's why they were so good at the time, that's why they were deemed as so amazing, so revolutionary, and they definitely were. Because right now we have a plethora of stories that are similar, like on as I mentioned, because this is a product of Harry Potter. Those are stories about chosen ones, about dark academias with magic involved and everything. This is a product of Harry Potter, of people trying to do something similar. But the thing is that those books very often are better. Because Harry Potter didn't set a standard, I would say. I cannot say that it did. It's just... It's just existed. And that opened the way for other books to, to exist, simply. And that doesn't make it good. It's just make it first. But just because something is first doesn't mean that it's so great and amazing. And again, as I said, people who still sing the song of Harry Potter being so good and so amazing are people who read it in their youth um, and maybe reread it still, but it's usually that nostalgia that keeps them running. And also the thing is that Harry Potter is very easily marketable, you know, with houses and everything. So it was very easy with Merge and that's what g- gives it such a worldwide popularity, I think. But there are other books with similar tropes to it that also that are simply better written, first of all. Have better characters, better representations, and are simply well-written, unlike Harry Potter. And again, I'm not saying that you cannot like this story because I still enjoy it to certain degrees. I'm not saying that you shouldn't should never read the books because we all should know how to not write books. Um, but we all fi- I think should realize, but because you can judge a book subjectively and objectively. Subjectively always will be by your feelings, simply by how the book made you feel. But they are, there are some academic characteristics that you can look at to, f- to decide if a book is objectively good or bad. And Harry Potter on that scale would be mediocre at best. And this is all the reasons why I do not like Harry Potter. I hope you enjoyed. I hope to hear from you later.